Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Liverpool 1, Burnley 1. Did you see that one coming? So, I didn't expect that. And at the end of the day, uh, I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm actually not that bothered by it. Um, It was essentially exactly the same game that I expected to be played. The only difference was we didn't finish our many, many chances. And they finished like the one that they had. So, you know what? Those games are going to happen. Um, it's unfortunate it happened at the end of the season where we're chasing a points record. But in terms of what I expected from the game, we dominated, we generated tons of chances. That was kind of what I saw. The final score, not so much. What about you? Yeah, so when this game started and I saw the lineup, it's hard for me to prove it now, but something within me told me that we were either going to lose or, or tie. In fact, I actually I thought we were going to lose, and I couldn't tell you why, but I, I just got a sense that with Henderson out and without Naby Keita in the starting midfield, uh, so we started with Jones, Wijnaldum, and Fabinho, who were all good players, and they, they played okay as a unit. But without Henderson, Milner, or Keita, I just suspected that if we didn't get our way early and 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 strike up a two or three goal lead, it could turn into the game that it eventually turned into. So, so I I hear what you're saying, but in the defense of that midfield, we got exactly the game that we wanted from everybody, except for the fact that the ball just didn't go in. Like Salah should have had three or four goals that were plain gimmies. Like he was more shocked than we were that it didn't go in. Those type of things should have gone in. So I don't know if I lay the blame on the midfield. One thing I will say that I found interesting was last week when Neko Williams was playing for Robertson, uh, Genie was on that side and he got moved over this week when Neko was covering for Alexander-Arnold. So I wonder if there's something in Klopp's mind about Genie protecting in front of Neko Williams. Possibly. I, I, I thought that Williams had a good game. In fact, I, I, I thought everybody played well, except probably the front three. Not that they had a bad game, but they just didn't look sharp. And they were the ones that missed most of the clearer opportunities. Um, so I don't know. They looked incredibly sharp. They just didn't finish. Like they generated, yeah, I would say they generated more high quality chances than we've had in most games. Yeah, and honestly, I, I can't I can't explain the way I feel about the game. Perhaps if we had fans there, they would have set the tone for the urgency that's needed. I, I just felt as if we were playing well, but we weren't scoring. And Burnley is the type of team that will be able to come back and hit, hit a goal against us. And I just didn't see, once once they equalized, I didn't see where the drive would come from from us in order to score another goal or or two after that so so i I wasn't really surprised by the result at the end of the day so i i will honestly tell you um i watched the beginning of the game and then due to uh child bearing child rearing issues i couldn't watch the game live so i watched it later and i'd already knew the score which amazingly, I was still like jumping up and down when guys were missing on shots that I knew weren't going to go in anyway. But clearly, um, you know, when you're in, you're in, right? So I'm in with Liverpool. So what are you going to do? Um, but 
it felt, I got to be honest, it felt right from the beginning. Like this was going to be a game. We just weren't going to put the ball in a lot. Um, we were why just, do you think we, that is? Because, because I got the same feeling, but I don't know why. I can't. You know what it is? When they start missing those, like, it feels like, and this, you know, we talked about uh, last year or the year before when we knew we had a great team and I gave you that that one criticism that I've had of the front three, which is that they don't convert their high-end chances enough. Right. And that was my criticism. And I feel like earlier in the year, um, earlier this year, that wasn't the case. And I kind of saw it rearing its head again at the beginning of the game. And I was like, man, if all three of these guys aren't converting today, we're not going to score a lot. And at the end of the day, none of them did score. Despite like Salah had some golden, golden chances. Yeah. And let's also pay uh, respect to, to the goalie Pope. He... Man he of the proved, match for sure. Absolutely, he proved why he's probably the second best goalie in the league behind Allison. Yeah, I mean, uh, some of the ones that he cleared. Uh, the one that comes to mind is that one that that Salah volleyed up, and he he yeah. kind of reached his hand back and got, which was miraculous. Like some of his saves were truly fantastic. There were others. There was one I remember uh, that essentially. Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it might have been Jones who took the shot. And it was going into one corner, and the goalie started going that way. And then it deflected off one of the Burnley player legs and went wide of the net on the other corner. Yeah. And it's like that could have just as easily gone in the bottom corner. And pff, there you go. But it felt like one of those games. It just felt like we weren't going to get that goal. Um and in the end, we we didn't really. We only got the one. Any anything stand out in particular? Thoughts that you things that you saw during the game? Um, I thought that Jones played well. He played within himself, which was probably on instruction from Klopp. And I was impressed to see that from him because I I, I know he's he, he he wants to be a little bit more flamboyant. And 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 he he really backs himself with a lot of chances and shots. So a lot of times he um, he was passing the ball. Um, a, f- a few of his passes were a little bit short, and that's probably because he was overthinking. He's more of a, a re- reactive player. So I was quite impressed with the maturity that he showed, even though he didn't have his best game. But it's it's one for the future, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I was going to say I noticed him too. Um, I'm actually going the other way on him. I noticed a lot of the little mistakes that he made. I noticed the the indecisions that he had where you're saying he overthought stuff, the error in passes, things like that. Um, there were more of those than you're typically accustomed to seeing from our midfielders. That being said, I think he got three quality shots away that, I mean, if you were a betting man, you'd want to bet that at least one of them would have gone in. Um, so again, he provided, uh, an offense that I would say our midfield usually doesn't have, uh, some of the stuff for me, um, I did notice it was funny in the seventh minute, um, Van Dyke had come across behind Gomez to the other side, uh, to, to cover a play. And then as the ball was going the other way, Gomez like turned and waved them to go back to his regular position, which I honestly, sorry. I remember seeing that. Yeah, which I honestly looked at, and I'm like, 
Did I see that right? Did Gomez tell Van Dyke to do something? Because that one's a new one. Um, but actually what I noticed is later in the game, he did that little thing. Uh, Gomez did that little thing that Van Dyke does where he lets the ball run between his legs when he turns on the ball. Right. So you can very much see that Gomez is starting to um, learn from what Van Dyke is doing not just in terms of play but in terms of the way he holds himself the way he directs people around him um this game to me showed quite a bit of that and he also had some other nice plays um i remembered where uh, this was in the 49th minute there was a long ball um and van dyke missed the long ball i don't know if you remember he kind of whiffed on it and uh gomez was there behind him and you could just see van dyke turn see gomez and like do his regular Van Dyke. I'm really cool. I'm relaxed now. I'm not worrying about this anymore. Um, so it's it's I I liked Gomez's game. Um, what the other one that I thought was interesting was in the 13th minute there was a free kick that obviously Alexander Arnold would have taken. This was just outside the box for us, and Salah lined up, which I would have expected, but also Fab. I would have preferred to see Fabinho take that. I would too. But honestly, this is what blows my mind. If you asked me at the beginning of the year. Do I want Fab to take long distance, 30 foot, 35 foot shot or 30 yard, 35 yard shots or, you know, stand there on free kicks? Is he intimidating anyone? I would have been like, there's no chance. But I mean, when I saw him there, I was kind of like, no, 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 don't let Salah take this. I want Fab. Like to me, that's that's just such a change from the beginning of the year. Yeah. So on free kicks, Mo Salah hasn't really proven that. He should be the one taking those. the The only reason why he 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 was an option for that one is it it needed a left footer. Um, if someone like Shaq was was on the field, then for sure he'd be the one taking it. But also because he's chasing the golden boot, um, I think everybody just deferred to Mo Salah. But I I haven't seen anything from his free kicks to convince me that he should he should be taking them. So yeah, I think his free kick is not um not where it needs to be. What I would say, in all honesty, and I know this is going to be super harsh, and I love Salah, but what he showed last week and this week, um, I think he's done for the Golden Boot. I, If I was Klopp, I would sit him because he's been given his opportunity. Last week, um, he should have scored at least one additional goal. This week, he should have had two or three. Um, he's gotten his chances, and he's not capitalizing. Now it's not about playing him endlessly every single game to get that golden boot. Now it's about resting him for next year. He had the opportunity and chose not to take it. I would worry about next year now, not the golden boot. I think if it wasn't for the golden boot, he wouldn't have started today. No, I agree. But what I'm saying is like, I was actually on before this game, I was on his side saying, you know what, play him, let him try for that golden boot. But in all honesty, he should have had at least three more goals between last game and this game. Uh, so he should have been right there in the conversation. Now that he's not, you know what? Like Klopp gave him the chance to get to that golden boot. He w- he is not finishing the way he needs to be finishing. So you know that's not. Uh, I'm I'm just kind of like you know what he had his chance. But talk about finishing. What about that goal by Robertson? Yeah. So he he's he's actually not a bad header of the ball. I remember he scored a good header against Aston Villa and then the one he should have scored against Atletico in, in, in the second leg at, at Anfield. Um, he just doesn't, obviously, he, he doesn't get enough opportunities to, to, to show that. But what a header. I mean, it, there was nothing fluky about that. He positioned it. He angled it. Everything was perfect. 
and Andy put power into it. Right. It's so here's the thing. I was I was thinking of it as they were like running back to center to restart. I was thinking if you told me before this game started, we'd be scoring on a Fabinho lob to Robertson coming in on his offside, heading it past the goalie that nobody else can beat. I would have been like, yeah, that's not happening. Like to me, it's not that it was a fluky goal, but just we're talking about our defensive midfielder assisting on a goal to a back on his wrong side, not kicking it in, but heading it in like that. To me, that's just so wildly unlikely. You know, now that you mention it, I'm probably, in fact, I'm now 99% sure that that's the play that they, they, they practice all over and over again, which is why he was able to perfect his header because he, he is the one who takes a corner from, from the right-hand side, which is why he was over there. Right. So, it's probably something that they've they've practiced in training, and he 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 knew exactly how to position his head in order to get the power and the angle. Well, that's an interesting theory because Fab clearly knew exactly where he should put the ball and the perfect weight on it. Right. Yeah, I I can buy that for sure. Um, one of the other things that I noticed was I think Williams had a decent game, um, not as good as Alexander Arnold. I noticed a marked difference in terms of the crosses coming in when Alexander Arnold came in. I felt like Williams was trying to do more coming down the wing like alexander arnold if he has an opening he takes a cross he's not looking to come in make you know a give and go with salah or anything like that he just puts it in the box and i found that neko williams is trying to do more with the ball and i don't necessarily think it served them as well yeah i i, I also had a made a note of that too um, Williams, he is a converted winger at the end of the day, right? So he knows that he has the skill to to beat a man. And so in moving him back to right back, he they've been training that out of his game, uh, trying to have him be a little bit more patient, um, more, or should I say, less predictable. Um, sorry, more predictable with, with, with the ball. But instinctively, if if he's attacking, he will try that extra touch because he knows he has it in him. And he, I, I think he still thinks as a winger, um, which is not a bad skill to have because it, it kind of s- switches it up a bit. Right. Uh, he, he doesn't have to be a Trent clone. He, he can still be his own player as long as he, he maintains the defensive discipline. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I wouldn't mind seeing Trent do a little bit more of the, um, you know, varying the what he does and not just all crosses all the time because i feel like if it gets too stagnant people know how to play him but at the same time his crosses are so deadly and so difficult to defend because he gets them off so quickly that i mean you know i i i can see both sides of it um another one that i noticed that i enjoyed Again, this was before the goal while I was still enjoying – before the Burnley goal while I was still enjoying the game. It was in the 52nd minute. Burnley, uh, Burnley put up a ball for Rodriguez to chase. I don't know if you remember this one. He had Gomez on one side of him and Van Dyke on the other side. And he kind of looked like he wasn't going to try. Then he decided, okay, I'm going to try. And he started running. And you saw like Gomez and Van Dyke like at the same time kick it into higher gear. And then you just saw Rodriguez like, yeah, it's not going to happen. And he just like gave up. He's like, he knew both of them were going to get there miles ahead of him if they wanted to. The only reason he was close is because they weren't trying. Yeah, I remember that. That that was in the second half, right? That was in the second half. Yeah, 52nd minute. And it's just, to me, it highlights like the long ball against Liverpool 
I mean, we play a high line, so you have a chance for it. But our, our central defenders are so fast that, I mean, like I look at the way Man City, for example, plays their high line. They get caught constantly. We play the same high line, but we don't get caught constantly because you're not going to run faster than Gomez and Van Dyke. Like it's it's fantastic. I I you know t- it was just kind of a funny thing where even Rodriguez knew like it's my job to run after this, but what's the point? And you could very much see it on the guy, and you could see even when he tried, he knew it was finished. Um, so let's get to the not so uh, fun part of the game. Uh, so in the 63rd minute, I don't know if you recall, uh, Tarkovsky on their team, uh, basically barrel rolled Salah while he was coming into the box. Um, did you see that as a penalty? I thought it was, maybe I'm thinking of the, the Robertson one. So the Robertson one was later, but okay. this was one where basically he grabbed Salah's arm and started pulling him away. And when Salah went down, he literally fell over him and rolled over him. Oh, yes, I remember that. And it's kind but of like at, at some point, did, like, sorry. I don't think anybody asked for a penalty, did they? Salah asked for a penalty. Did he? Okay. He did, and he was right. Because you can clearly see on the slow-mo, you can clearly see the arm across him pulling him down and over. And the reason Pope got to the ball first was because Salah was being taken down. Mm-hmm. That was, to me, a clear and obvious error. So I was actually a little bit surprised they didn't stop it, like in terms of at least VAR doing a review. Um, but I'm going to get to my huge problem with the goal, which is I actually don't understand what happened. So Pope kicked the ball out. Liverpool took possession of the ball just inside their half of midfield and the ref blew the whistle for the drink break. When we come back, it's a Burnley free kick. What did I miss? Oh, I didn't notice that. So they scored off the free kick from the drink break, even though they didn't have the ball. And if you're going to call a drink break, you call it at the goalie kick, not after. Is that the rule? I don't know, but that should damn well be the rule. Like they kick, they basically got a free kick from just inside their half for no reason, right? Like if the ball is out of play, then it's out of play. You take a drink break. Them's the rules, right? I don't know. Like I think he blew it down because it had gone far too long for the drink break. But to me, I actually think that goal is on the ref. Because, okay, when I say it's on the ref, I do acknowledge we should have stopped the chance. He probably had the shot of a lifetime. He'll never shoot a ball that well again in his life to get in the bottom corner um, while he's going backwards. It was a great shot, but I also don't think he has it in him. That was a bit lucky where a lot of our chances were unlucky. But I just don't understand the free kick. We had the ball. It was offside. Is that what it was blown down for? I believe so. I believe Mane was offside. And so... Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if it was offside, then that makes sense why they had the ball. I didn't see the offside. I didn't think it was offside. Okay. But I mean, I mean, if if that's the case, then that would be that would lessen my anger, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. It's also, what did you think of the goal? I again, I'm 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 not surprised. I've seen Jay Rodriguez score so many goals like that, and and a few against us as well. And I just knew that when 
we gave them a chance, they would take it. And you, you know, in our in our credit, we didn't actually give them a lot of chances. Yeah, we didn't. But I, I just, I just had the sense that we, we just weren't playing at a hundred percent. And and um, when you're playing against a team that also has nothing to play for except to be the team that denies us the hundred percent record, then you you really have to be careful. Um, it looks like that goal was probably Van Dyke's mistake for leaving him open. What did you think? So I would say, I don't know. That one's tough for me because, um, you know, I, again, it's Van Dyke. Like you don't really think of him as making an error. I think he could have covered it better. And in fact, I actually saw Van Dyke as maybe one of the weakest players on Liverpool today. He had that whiff on the ball. He had a couple where he was a bit out of position. Um, I didn't think he played a fantastic game. Um, I'm again, he's earned the right to not have a fantastic game because he's so good for us for so long. Um, but uh, I totally thought that they were going to score that that uh, shot they had off the corner as well, the one that hit the post. For us. Or for, no, sorry, for they were going to score. Yeah. Well, you know what? And those are the ones where like I look at it and I just kind of like dismiss them because, you know, Firmino had one off the inside of the post uh, a few centimeters one way and it goes in. So those are just ones that kind of like happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So I, I just rewatched it right now. And yeah, you're right. Um, Van Dyke definitely had the uh, he should have gotten out to his man a bit faster. Yeah, and and if this was a game, do it uh, prior to the break or prior yeah prior to the break when um, the stadium would be full of fans and we were still playing for the league, no no question we would have come back and won that game, right? But I you could just tell even after Burnley equalized that we weren't going to get the winner just by the way we were playing and we weren't even creating. It w- it was as if the players wanted to win. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't know that there's just something missing and it probably just comes from the fact that it's, it's hard to just turn on when you know you've won everything that that you you intended to right you know i'm i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt i don't think it was necessarily that i just think it was a case where you know things weren't going um our way um the chances just whether it was pope getting in their mind or what it was but again, I look at the chances generated and say, you know what? They were on, like they wanted it, but sometimes you just can't, you know, so- sometimes it just doesn't work for you because, you know, you're, you're, you're having one of those days where you just can't put anything in. So if that's kind of the on, way I look at it. Is, is there anybody that you would have brought on instead of, or in, in addition to Trent, Ox, and Keita? No, I mean, those are the three guys you bring on when you want a goal. So I think that's the right move. Um, we still had two more subs, right? Yes, we did. I mean, I guess you could have brought on Shaq. That's who I was thinking. Like, I think we needed a little bit of unpredictability. Um, and and interestingly enough, if it, it was reversed and we had started Trent, I would 
have perhaps been looking to bring on Williams because he 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 can play as a winger and he can be a little bit disruptive in the opponent's half. We just needed something a little bit different that um, the Burnley defense may not have been used to for the, for the previous um, the the rest of the game prior. Yeah, so I like the idea of a change of pace because you saw once Alexander Arnold came in, you saw very clearly that he was very direct in getting um, the the ball into the box, where Neko Williams was holding it more. So yes, I think it was a great change of pace. Uh, Shaq, I don't know, would Shaq have made that much of a difference? I'm I'm not entirely sure. Um, so. He's a lot more clinical, at least. Shaq is a lot more clinical. Yes, you're right. Um, the The one thing I will say, and you've heard me complain about this before, and I'm going to complain about it this time because to me it was um, utterly inexcusable, is I'm I'm kind of at my wits' end on this refereeing stuff. Like um, the so Salah got taken down in the box by. Like a, uh, So I just rewatched it again in the highlights as we were talking. Um, the guy has his arm across him. I, I don't really know what more you need on that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly clear one. Robertson, when he was taken down, I mean, if you want to say, okay, the guy got the ball with the first leg, fine. But he swung the second leg across in, frankly, a dangerous manner to make sure Roberts went down. Um, So I don't know if you noticed, but the back leg comes across. Now you're talking a two-foot foul where where you're scissoring your legs. Yeah, That not even being called a foul, let alone an intent to injure, I'm like, I'm kind of beside myself here. And the one that I will tell you drives me up the wall and back is we had... 70% 70% more than 70% of the possession and we got called for more fouls than they did and that just doesn't work I'm sorry like I I know that maybe on the counterattack we're going to foul or whatever BS you want to say but when you constantly have the ball and you're constantly pushing and pushing and pushing the other team is fouling you that's just the way the game goes so to have less fouls than them I, I don't even know what to say. Like, at some point, these need to be called. Yeah. Well. Well, what uh, did you think of the yellow card on Gomez? Remind me again what. That was the one where, it, like, basically, Gomez pushed it a little bit far in front of himself. And he kind of dove in to get the ball. And their player went in as well. And they they collided. And in my mind, I saw it as, you know, two guys came together. Um, I, if you want to call a foul, I mean, it's a stupid foul to call, but fine. You want to call a stupid foul, fine. But giving a yellow for that and then completely ignoring the foul on uh, Robertson, like that's where I, again, I've always said, I don't mind if you let him play rough or you call everything. Just make sure you call it evenly. And I didn't feel that was the case. Yeah, and I don't know how possible it is to for a, a human being to call something evenly because it will always be subjective. However, 
with the introduction of VAR te and technology, you would assume that there'll be a little bit more consistency. And I think that's why everyone, everybody's so frustrated because there's really no purpose of, of using technology if we'll continue to be subjective. So, and that's the one that drives me nuts is I, I feel like, again, I understand refs make a mistake. I feel like today all of the mistakes went one way, which is extremely frustrating. But again, it went against my team, so that's probably why I'm more biased. But it's more a case of like I do have an expectation that VAR was brought in. There are two additional um, linesmen that are seeing things. Like I had an expectation that things would be better. The other one that absolutely drove me nuts and this I lay 100% on the referee and the linesman, is the interference on Allison. Um, you know, on on an early one in the game, I don't know if you recall, I don't know if it was their first or their, their second corner, um, uh, one of the guys from their team basically put his arms around Allison so Allison couldn't go up. Right. And okay. the whole team complained about it, and he didn't do it the next time, and then the ref stopped looking, and I don't know if you saw in one of the later ones towards the end of the game, their guy straight out just pushed Allison while he was in midair. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, like, I mean, I've refed games before. And when you see a guy do something, you go up to him and you say, the next time you do that, I'm giving you a yellow and then a red. Like, you had your one chance. But seeing it go, like happen over and over and over, like, it's, it's, I, I don't understand it. Like, it is the ref's job to see these fouls. Like, I'm not sure if you see a, like, this is the one on the, on the one where Allison got straight out pushed. That's actually quite dangerous because you go straight up and you, you start flying in an angle. You can come down and hurt yourself. Like those are actually fairly dangerous. Getting pushed while in midair is a dangerous play. And to just straight out miss it for both the linesman and the ref, like, I just I want to see that consistency or conversely and I know you're going to be against me on this conversely I want to see Liverpool start doing that. Yeah. So so that's not going to happen. Um I know it's I not will, Klopp's game. Yeah, exactly. What I what I will say is today was more evidence and we saw this in the Atletico game of of how important it is to have a vocal leader who will be in the ref's ear uh um about these things. Um, because I don't think that, say, if Henderson or even James Milner w were on the field, I don't think these are things that they would allow the ref to to continue, or they wouldn't let these things pass without really giving the ref an earful in a way that the ref would remember not to do it again, right? Well, so you know, and it doesn't even take much. As having, having played and been a captain, before every single corner, you run by the ref and you say, they're going to be holding our goal, you better call that. Right. Like it doesn't even take a lot, but I think to your point, you're right. Like it's, I, I trust Hendo to do that. I think Milliner has experience to do that, but I guess today wasn't a day. Again, for me, I look at it like when we're getting called for more fouls and you're halfway through the game, you're two thirds through the game, you're 80% through the game. How is someone not in the ref's ear saying, hold on, hold on. We have the ball. They're constantly leaning on us, pushing us, all of that. And we have more fouls. Like, how is nobody bringing this to the ref? But again, some of that might be sour grapes. But it's it's those games are frustrating to me. I I know we're a clean team. Um, 
even though sometimes I wish we weren't. So seeing uh, the disparity in fouls, despite us having the ball that much, is frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, so I think I think um, Klopp was probably caught in two minds today. Number one, do I rest Salah or do I allow him to play for the Golden Boot? Number two, do I make changes, bring in youth, or do we continue going for the wins to in order to to beat our points record and 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 unfortunately a 1-1 draw doesn't really help him decide what to do next game because we still we it, we, we, still we have, have three a, more games we exactly. can win all three yeah right it just means that we need to take every game seriously now and our, our next two games are against Ars- uh, chelsea and arsenal which it, it all depends on which chelsea and arsenal teams sh- you know um decide showed to show up, up yeah I mean, Chelsea got smoked today, so... Right. Um, you know, if that team shows up, I think we're fine. Arsenal, obviously, their back end is uh, weak, so we have a good chance there. Oh, we'll um, play Arsenal first, I think. Right, no, but I just mean in general, those are the two ones we'd worry about, and both of them are beatable if they're not on their... You know, like, for example, with Chelsea, if Pulisic is not having one of his days, they're beatable. Right. So... You're right. I mean, um, the other one I will say is I have now decided to change my mind on the uh, dark arts. Um, I I genuinely think Burnley may be eclipsing Man City on the dark arts. Their fouls are just the right way. But more than that, by the end of the game, I actually started timing how long it took them to kick the ball in. And they were routinely taking 40 plus seconds to re-enter the ball into play. Fair play to them. If I if I were the Burnley manager or Burnley player and I was playing against a team like Liverpool, that's what I would do too, right? Because that's the only way that you have a chance to, to not get thrashed. And oh, don't get me wrong. I totally agree with you. I'm just saying even with Man City, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like that is truly epic in terms of, um, you know, how, how much they're willing to waste. Yeah. And that being said, though, I actually think this tie does nothing for either team i mean for us we lose the two points which would have been helpful to go for the most points ever and for burnley they're now tied with arsenal at 50 and they need to catch other teams in front of them so i don't know that one point was enough for them i i think they probably should have gone for the three so they could have been in seventh tied with wolves i think they were going for the three once once they equalized they were definitely trying more confident they were more confident. I don't know that they necessarily tried to win the game or it could have just been we were that much better. Um, but anyway, I mean, I got to say, it was still for me an entertaining game. I thought we created a ton of chances. Um, I was very happy to see the response that we had in terms of, you know, we're coming out there. Uh, even though we can't finish, we kept working and generating. So I thought that was a good sign. And overall, I thought the kids did well. I thought Neko Williams and Curtis Jones, even though they weren't great, even though they made mistakes, I thought, you know what, these guys are not that far off from being able to be substitutes on this team. I thought it was a good good result for us, in all, all things being equal, right? Uh, like you said, we, we were able to play some of the younger players. It, it is good to keep this team angry about something, right? So now hopefully they can take this anger into the game in midweek against Arsenal. Or, yeah, against Arsenal. And I say play a strong lineup, right? And if we lose against Arsenal or if we tie against Arsenal, then against Chelsea and Newcastle, you can do whatever you want, right? But 
you know, play a strong lineup until we've either won the record or we can't win the record. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I mean, um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to watching the next three games. In a way, if we can, if we tie the next game or lose it, then the pressure is entirely off. But again, I think this was a great opportunity to play the young guys. It's a great opportunity to get a lot of people their time. Um, to your point, I think we showed a little bit of where we need Hendo, which is I think being in the ref's ear uh, makes a difference. Uh, who is your man of the match? Hmm. I've actually not even thought about that. I mean, I would say on chances generated, Salah on almost scored, hit the post, Firmino. Um, on great shots that I didn't expect, Jones. But actually, I, I'm actually going to go with Gomez. I think he played a near flawless game. I think I'll go with Robertson. Um, he looked very refreshed after his half or yeah, half game break. And yeah. so it's it is good going into the next season to know that he'll be able to get a break every now and then because the uh, the team will ultimately benefit from that. He he definitely looked good. He kind of did show the upgrade that he is on Neko Williams. Nothing against Neko Williams, how he played, but right off the bat, him being in there and the energy he brings and the skill, I thought was was fantastic. So you know, it's a loss. It's sorry, it's a tie which isn't ideal, but we still have the chance to capture the record. Burnley played a good game, you know, fair to them. Um, again, my frustration with uh, refereeing will continue, but it is what it is. At least it was an entertaining game. Yeah, it was exactly. It was very watchable and it didn't hurt as much missing out on the unbeat or the 100% record because, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it'll be nice to win every home game, but... If, if, who really cares, right? And it, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be a record. It'll be tying something that's already been done in the past. But to the other point, maybe it does show just how important the fans are to Liverpool, and it shows that it's you know they always talk about you know like an extra man on the pitch. It really is because they really are yeah playing playing at home is good, but maybe today really did show that you know the the fans there playing in front of the scoring in front of the cop in the second half, you know, maybe it does help these players get their game to the next level. And uh, maybe there is something to that Anfield mystique, the, but it's more about the fans as opposed to about the building itself. Yeah. And, and I will say I, I am actually concerned about the Chelsea game because that's our last home game. And um, it is the game that will be lifting the trophy and Chelsea is the team that has the mentality to come and not care that we're at Anfield and they will play the game, especially without our fans in the stadium. Well, especially with the fact that they might actually need it because they've fallen behind and they're only one point up on Leicester and two up on Man U. So um, it'll be a great game. It'll be a competitive game. I'm uh, extremely excited uh, to see... uh what comes we have three more games again um and uh, the next one is going to be arsenal uh so arsenal on wednesday for more stories analysis and articles go to the forensic website <laughs>